This is Future Social, a podcast series from the Singapore University of Social Sciences that explores issues which are rapidly and profoundly changing our lives on the social, cultural and economic fronts. And prepare for the future, we must confront and embrace these new waves of change. Previously on Future Social. So the putting on of this polymathic cap is in some ways to become a generalist in what we do, to acquire a set of skills and to continually develop interest in areas that we don't necessarily have expertise in. What does it mean for the specialist and is there any future for them? Assuming that you're an expert Python programmer, you're a specialist. You're a specialist now in this time, Mm -hmm. but it's not going to guarantee you a lifetime of employment. A specialist today might eventually lose its appeal. I think what we should all do is that we should try to be specialists in one area, but along the way, we develop a polymathic mindset and try to create a generalist out of us. Mm-hmm. If you're an expert Python programmer, at the same time, you have an MBA or you have a DBA, a DBA is in a doctor in business administration. So when you actually focus on research, you can traverse between the tech world as well as the management world that would add even more value than just being a Python programmer in a tech company. I I wonder if, um, Jimmy, what you've just shared here, in some ways can be rephrased as an intrinsic adaptability to changes in our environment. So if I could just share an example, in the 80s, from a legal perspective, conveyancing um, the selling of houses um, is the practice area to go into. Of course, that that practice is now dead. And during that period of time, some lawyers who did very well, they made a transition into litigation, which is a completely different skill set from doing conveyancing work. But those lawyers were able to make a good transition in the 80s to the 90s, and this is before all the digitalization, intrinsically had the polymathic mindset to acquire new skill sets and to find new clients. So what you're sharing with us, is it in some ways just a clarion call for adaptability? I think it's more than that. See, that's the thing. Adaptability sometimes are motivated by circumstances. Mm. Okay, But having a polymathic mindset, it's actually, you're trying to develop a personality trait. I think that will give you more leverage and more mileage in that sense. So because adaptability can one day die. Mm. Right, so that's that's the issue. But having polymathic mindset means that even in your eighties, you are still curious about the world around you, and that will give you a sense of purpose. I think that will let you walk the path further down the road. Yeah, we are making an advocacy, a, a very strong argument here that we need to develop a polymathic mindset, meaning not just adaptability, but something intrinsic in you, changing some aspects of personality. What advice do you have for someone who is listening in right now? who fears learning new things? How can you overcome this fear? I love that question. So I'm going to borrow from Malcolm Gladwell. Mm. Um, He wrote in a book on uh, talking about 10,000 hours of practice. So the book is called Outliers. Now, in that book, what they say that in order to be an expert, you need to put in 10,000 hours of practice, Mm. not just thinking, not just reading the book, but in practice. A good thing for all, you know, wannabe polymath out there is that you do not need to be an expert. Mm. Polymath is a generalist. So you can pick up a book or in fact, just 
instead of binge watching one hour of Netflix on, you know, Westworld series and stuff like that, I don't know, but watch useful YouTube videos on, let's say, fundamentals of data analysis. Mm. Okay, what is data analytical, uh, you know, this domain of knowledge? What is it all about? Just watch it, understand it, all right? You do not need an expert. You just need to know enough so that in the event you need to dig into yeah. that domain, you know where the door is because you have the key. Yes. So you need to take on this perspective. So the more you gather different knowledge or different keys, I would call it, yeah. for different domains. So when the need arises, you know where to look for information. That is the point of being a polymath. Right? You do not need to have that 10,000 hour practice. We are not asking you to be the top football player, the top yeah. programmer. That's one. Second, you realize that the minute you start cultivating this habit of learning, you find that learning is actually fun. And I think it feeds into the system, right? Feeds into your own motivation yeah. in learning. And you, when you start to, hopefully, when you go to work and you start seeing that the companies actually has lots of projects, yeah. right? For example, okay, designing an app, having a new project in which you will need to engage customers in a new form of social media marketing, something like that. Yes. You do not fear raising your hands and volunteering to be part of this project. Mm. Okay, you start to find time for it. A lot of people complain. Okay, say that. Are we being realistic? I work from nine to sometimes six, seven p.m. and after that, I have to stay in office to clear paperwork. Mm. Where do I find time to do this kind of thing? I understand that reality too. A lot of us say that it's just idle talk. You're not going to find that kind of time. Now the question is this: If you adopt a polymath mindset you will have that energy because yes, you are busy, but I also do want to ask, you are busy, but do you also have time for social media? Just going through Facebook, swiping and watching mm. people's stuff. Do you go onto TikTok watching video and just laugh hours away? So that's my point. And also I'm going to say something very, that which alludes to my previous example. If your jobs is killing you in terms of the hours you need to put in and you are not learning a lot from that job. It's just mundane repetition. Mm. You need to start thinking, what are your career prospects? Why is your job so repetitive? Mm. Is there any way to automate? Now, that is also called a polymath mindset because you start bringing in skill sets or at least you're raising questions. How can I work my job, do my job in a better way? So I think that will start to help and your boss will start to see that, hey, this guy is starting to think. Mm. What can he do to be more efficient? So can we start talking about programming or machine learning, yeah. getting some form of uh, software to help maybe the person is just buried by paperwork? Can we talk about um, you know, uh, robotic process automation of paperwork? So by volunteering this project, you are actually making life easier for you while at the same time you are learning. And in the long term, this company is going to start to see the value in you yeah. because you are adding value. The last thing you want to have an employee that says that this is not my job. It's not part of my job description. It is not in my JD. I'm not going to participate. Yeah. So whoever out there who's working right now who has that mentality that I only work because it is part of my JD, you are in danger of being obsolete. Mm. You need to, you know, get rid of that habit. So, Jamie, um, I want to pick up on this point about adding value, not just to ourselves as a polymath, but also to our employers uh, beyond our job description, the JD. If I understand uh, what you've said earlier, being a polymath, um, there's a qualitative aspect to it. So, for example, you gave the example 
of watching Netflix, which qualitatively is quite low. But one could argue that when you watch Netflix purposefully, you can actually gain an understanding about consumer habits, about what programs are not valuable and you cannot monetize them as products. So my question is this, how does one become a proper polymath in that sense? Because if I understand you correctly, just because you have interest in swiping social media or watching Netflix does not constitute a polymathic mindset. There's a qualitative component to this. Do I understand you correctly? Yes, correct. Right. So, okay. So I might be, I might be a little bit harsh to just, you know, to put down on people who watch Netflix because I do watch Netflix. I myself. watch Netflix too. <laughs> yeah. But Netflix has got also documentaries, right? Yes. So there are value there. I love to watch YouTube because I think I'm very impatient. Sometimes documentaries on, on Netflix is about, you know, it runs a series and an hour. I like to have short, sharp, to the yes. point documentaries on YouTube. It reminds me of the series of books, you know, the Idiot series, yes. because, or Dummies, not the yes, Idiot, the Dummies. Right? Okay, yeah. the Dummies series, right? So I actually like those because it gives me a broad understanding in a very short time. And if I'm truly interested in that, and that's when I start to dive in. Yeah. And I do this, okay, I, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a polymath in the broadest sense. I call myself a polymath in my area of specialization. I'm interested in marketing. So whenever there's anything that's got the marketing at the back of it, I'm interested, mm -hmm. such as social media marketing. So when I started doing workshop for social media marketing, I start watching YouTubes on people on how they conduct social media campaigns. Yes. And from that, I start actually doing hands-on myself. I create a Wix account myself. Mm. I started playing with Facebook advertisement myself. So that is the thing. You watch some of these videos and then you practice. Yeah. Watching is just passive learning. Mm. You need some amount of practice, yeah. but I do not need 10,000 hours. So when you start pulling all these things together, you start to realize that you should find out, okay, if you're going to use a polymathic mindset to enhance your career, for example, you're going to ask yourself, okay, what is my career path? Mm. Along this career path, what are some of the possible skills that I need to take up? Yeah. Do not wait till the time where the company says that I need someone to put together and design an app. And then the night before you start watching videos yeah. or reading books on it, it's a little bit too late. Yes. So yes. you need to kind of prepare before that. So when the opportunity comes, you know that, aha, that's the time for me to shine that's the time for me to apply because I've read enough about mm. it. Yeah. I'm going to ask you a question about motivation. So for example, you share with us just now in your general area of uh, interest in marketing, you try to be polymathic and you read up or you find out new things about it. Is it fair to say in your situation, you find new information based on what you think you're interested in? So an area that vaguely has some degree of interest, so you dive into them. What I'm asking is, how can we encourage other people to develop and sustain their motivation to be polymathic? It's not easy, mm. which is why I said that you don't need that kind of intensity. Yeah. Because high intensity means that you want to be an expert. Come in, open the door. I mean, I said, look, it's like a dipstick test kind of yes. thing, right? Use that mentality, go in and see what that area is all about. And then you come out. If that mm. area is seriously something extremely dry, fine, don't kill yourself, back out of it. But know where the key is, because in the event, you need to find that key to unlock that door, to step into that world, you are not completely lost. And we have to be realistic. Yes. We can't span right across the entire range from, I'm not a programmer, 
if you push me into the world to do Python programming, I'll cry. And I think it's going to be really painful. Yes. But what I can guarantee is that I will start to understand some of the foundation first. Um, one of the ways I've taught my students is how do you create what I mean by a foundation? Yeah. So grab an expert and ask the expert for an elevated pitch. Yeah. Okay, elevated pitch. So it's, it's what, it, what it means is that you have only have 12 seconds. Ask the expert, can you summarize yeah. what your industry is all about or what your skill set is all about in 12 seconds? Mm. If that person is an expert, that person will be able to give you a very good crammed up definition or description of what, let's say, Python programming is all about in 12 seconds. Yes. And from there, you can know, okay, so this is what it is. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to remember it. In the event I need to step in that world, I know where to look for information. Mm. In fact, I will know where or who are the people I need to employ in order to enrich the project team. Mm. It's not about you doing yourself. You can't do everything yourself. Yeah. So if I understand you correctly here, the motivation in some ways is linked to a degree of buy-in from the employers, which leads me to the next question. What can we do to encourage the employers themselves to establish a corporate culture that's polymethic-centric? Well, I guess... Employers themselves need to understand that for a business to be sustainable in the next five to 10 years, you can't have workers that behave like robots, mm. right? You need to empower them. You need to let them come to you and give suggestions. So in other words, employers, bosses need to empower their employees and allow employees, most importantly, to make mistakes. Yes. So it is through mistakes that people will learn. Because otherwise, if you if someone to give a suggestion, let's just say, do a certain automation process, to change the way paper flow and think that the paperwork can be streamlined and things mm -hmm. like that. If the management constantly says no to suggestions like this, or whenever someone suggests something and it didn't work out the way as intended, mm -hmm. and the management reprimand or put penalty on those employees, you develop a very narrow-minded work mm -hmm. culture in which I'm not going to step up my comfort zone. I'm just do what I need to do because whatever I extra I do, will be frowned upon and I'm going to get myself into trouble. So if you create that kind of culture, it is totally not conducive for growth. So employers need to be mindful of that. Mm. Allow their employees to make mistakes, allow them to participate in helping the company gain a better traction, a better business performance. Yeah. yeah. So this point about a corporate culture that encourages employees to make mistakes, some of the mistakes I suggest made by employees is because they had embarked on something that came out of passion, but not necessarily a skill set that fits the company's needs. So that's my next question for you. If a polymath or someone who wants to become a polymath has to choose between developing skills or just learning something for passion, what do you choose? Because I remember that you have shared with us quite earlier that adaptability is not being polymathic. Because polymath is someone who has an intrinsic personality to learn something. So my question is, if I really have to choose in an employment context, do I become polymathic by developing skills or do I do it just for passion? I would think there's two answers, right? Off the cuff, I would say that it is way more important to, to develop the passion because passion is one cut above motivation. Passion burns right through. Motivation can just wane and die off, mm. right? But of course, in reality, it's very difficult. Like, for example, you asked me to be passionate in programming. It is very difficult for me to be passionate in it. To be polymathic, I think you want to be passionate in things that you like to do. Mm -hmm. Okay? 
Now, when it comes to the skills development part, I think that part will come in to kind of feed into the system. Start off by, for example, if someone may not be as passionate about social media marketing, mm. but if you show that person how to do an ad using Facebook or Instagram and teach that person how to do laser targeting on LinkedIn advertisement mm. as well, and once that person starts to be proficient in putting in ads together, know exactly where to click, how to click, and knows how to calibrate what they call the bidding strategy, and you start to see that ad that the individual has put out has increased web traffic mm. or at least had increased traffic to the physical store, I think that will start to motivate that person that, hey, you're doing a great job. You see, you did smaller things here that indirectly translated to business performance for yep. the company. I think that is motivating. So through that motivation, we hope that people can see that, that they are useful, that there is, this is what you call learning and applying what you learn can actually bring good results that will make you less vulnerable to being retrenched because you add value. You have stepped up your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. You have add value. That is motivating. So when you have a lot more instances like that of motivation coming in, I hope that that will eventually lead to passion for learning because when you start to see the returns on mm -hmm. all this investment in different skill set, you start to see that, hey, Learning is a good thing. It really future-proofed me and it makes me valuable and successful. Can I just um, pick up on this point about passion for learning? So let's just try to personalize it. In your situation, how does passion manifest itself? So for me, I think if I'm really passionate about something, I could read it or do something on my chair for hours without leaving because I really want to get the answer. How does it manifest for you? What, what's a um, trait of passion? What's a characteristic of passion in your case? It's difficult to say because I guess it's tough to pinpoint one because I took on a job of being an academician, right? Uh, of being a lecturer, doing a PhD in consumer psychology. But I think that's how it all started. I'm just curious about mm. stuff. So in fact, that's the reason why I took up a very niche topic when it comes to my PhD is mm. consumer psychology. I didn't go after the broad aspect of marketing. I just want to know what consumers are thinking when they buy and it cut deep. So that is my core skill set. Mm. But I realized that once I developed that core skill set of knowing how to tap into a consumer's mind, somehow the rest just falls in place. Mm. I start being curious about what is it that attracts them in social media? Why are they motivated, consumers motivated to share their personal lives to everyone on, on who's also engaged on social media? And then from there, I start to, you know, link the dots, like what you yeah. said earlier on, how they make money out of this then? Yeah. Because I am from marketing after all. So that's when it's multiple bullet points yeah. feeding into the system of learning. And then somehow it just click and points towards the same direction seems like I can really put some effort and synthesize what I've learned into my own version of a social media ecosystem. Mm -hmm. That's in fact, is the topic that I teach to SMEs. I start to see that no one out there, even on YouTube videos, no one teach people how to create an ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Everyone talks about their expertise. Sure. Social media advertising, IG advertising, Facebook, but there isn't a single YouTube out there that talks about all these channels being linked together to form an ecosystem and give that and offer that as a package for SMEs. Mm -hmm. 
this is one of the, I guess, sparks or motivation or passion or whatever you call it that kind of motivate me to kind of continuously yes. discover. Yeah. I would imagine that curiosity, as you had explained just now, is at the root of being polymathic, meaning you have an intrinsic desire to find an answer or to know something more. Jimmy, thank you very much for joining our podcast today. I would like to share the key learnings in this podcast. First, you shared with us that one should acquire a broad set of skills that complements our main job function. So the idea here of being polymathic is to add value to our job. The second learning is when you become a polymath, actually it just means you become proficient in your main job. You don't have to become an expert. And the last learning as I hear you is when you have a polymathic mindset, it's not just instrumental for your job, but actually it enhances your subjective well-being. We become a more well-rounded person in that sense. That was Dr. Jimmy Wong, a senior lecturer in marketing at SUSS. Jimmy teaches the future of work, a course within the Master of Management program at the School of Business at SUSS. I'm Daniel Sear, and thank you very much for listening to Future Social by SUSS Podcast. To learn more about today's episode, you may find complimentary content at suss.edu.sg slash blog. To find more podcast episodes, visit suss.edu.sg slash podcast. Coming up next on Future Social. The national narratives of Singapore basically revolves around two important concepts. The first one is about social order. The importance to ensure that the community, the society, come together as a whole, as one people, regardless of race, religion or family background. The other team revolves around the concept of pragmatism. Our policies are organized around you know, what can be done, what works, right? Uh, rather than it's based on some kind of ideological principles. Mm-hmm.